Hey, good weekend to you. Welcome to Leading Edge. I'm Jerry Anderson. Good to have you along ahead. We're going to kick off our Toledo City Council candidate profiles. But up first, as you've watched the news over the past several months, what with Afghanistan uh, or more recently with the Haitian refugees seeking to enter this country down there at Del Rio, have you wondered, as my wife actually did, as we watched the news one night, she looked at me and she goes, what happens to all these people when they come here? And I didn't know for sure, but I was pretty sure I knew somebody who does know. And I welcome in Corrine DeHaby, Director of Programs for Us Together, a refugee and immigrant resettlement agency which works under contract with our U.S. State Department. Mid last month, the governor of Ohio said some 855 Afghan refugees were coming to Ohio. Some, Corrine, we know are coming here, our neck of the woods. Do we know how many do we know who they are? Yes, uh, we're going to have 25 uh, Afghani refugees coming to Toledo area. All right. And they are determined. What determines who comes here? Uh, usually, uh, of course, our organization and the national organization and the State Department, we're all together working on this. Your organization, I know, works with refugees. I'm reading this refugees and immigrants and i think most of us out here just use those terms interchangeably but technically they're not necessarily the same are they uh refugee and immigrants are not the same um refugees they come they are fleeing uh some kind of uh issues like you know war persecution of color religion ethnicity but immigrants, they decide to come and live different life here. They come on their own and they probably work in open businesses and they come as an immigrant status. Some of them visitation, some of them permanent status, but the refugee come with the refugee status. Right. And That's so a, a refugee is actively trying to escape something, right? Rest, yes. Okay. So a refugee, is, a refugee is an immigrant. An immigrant is not necessarily a refugee. It's, refugee, it's exactly. Okay. Yeah. There is resettling. There is integration. Let's take those apart because resettling comes first. And when you think about it, folks, resettling, it, it, it's pretty much like it sounds. Tell me what's going on there and walk us through that process in terms of the practical application of resettling somebody from, from a country like, say, Afghanistan. Yeah. Well, resettling is when you have somebody is moving from different part of the world coming to resettle in the area. So we pick them up from the airport. We provide all the core services for them. We try to find them housing prior to their arrival so we can take them from the airport to the housing. And once we complete uh, the core services, then we start on the integration process like, you know, English language, employment, uh, all this kind of work they need to do, cultural orientation, that's the integration, you know, part. Yeah, yeah. Let's get from, you know, getting them to resettle here, uh, find them housing, uh, uh, just to do core services, social security cards, uh, all this kind of enroll the kids in school. Uh, that's all the resettling process. Who is paying for that? Uh, for the refugee status, the government gives a stipend for each refugee uh, status, one time only. And uh, out of that stipend, we need to get housing, uh, rent, deposit, cash money, food, household items. Uh, but then once uh, this is gone, it's not going to last for a long time because it's a stipend and one time. Right. But 
uh, we try uh, to find them a job quickly, enroll them in the employment program so they can continue and pay on their own. Somebody else is going to say, Jerry, I heard Kareen, this is Kareen Dehaby, by the way, director of programs. I see it. Um, I heard her say something about Social Security, getting them signed up for Social Security cards. Now, wait, how does that are, are these folks getting Social Security when they get to our country? Clarify. Uh, Social Security benefit, no, unless they have disability and they can't work. We help them apply for uh, disability. But the Social Security card, in order for you to find a job, you need to have a Social Security number. And that's the difference. We get them in the Social Security office right away so we can get them a card so they can find a job and then they can work. Okay, so folks, don't think of it as, oh, see, here go the benefits right away. The benefits are not flowing out, Social Security benefits. They have to have the card so they can go find work. And I want to talk about finding work. How many do? Where do they find work? We're in a country right now, Kareen, where our employers left and right are saying, can't find workers, can't find workers. Well, here comes some workers. We'll talk about that and much more as we examine the arrival, impending arrival. Well, we'll find out from Kareen exactly when we can expect some of these folks into our area. This is Leading Edge, and we're back right after this. We're back in Leading Edge. We're talking about what happens to refugees when they come to this country because come they are. They are coming, including some to the Toledo area. Maybe some people you saw in that video uh, out of Afghanistan a few weeks ago. Um, those folks, some of them are coming our way. When they get here, I'm thinking about this. They can't speak a lick of our language, do they? How do you deal, Corinne DeHavey, with the language barrier? Well, of course, some of them, they might come with a little basic uh, English uh, skills, but yeah. most of them probably zero. And uh, we do get interpreters uh, to uh, interpret for us and translate between us and them. Uh, any uh, any uh, services we provide, it's required to have an interpreter, whether on the phone or in person. Okay. And that is, again, supplied by you guys. Yes. Um, and then, of course, we have an ESL English as a second language. We enroll them right away in that program to teach them English. The, the, the people who are coming here, just so we're clear, were gainfully employed there, right? So do yes. most bring a usable skill, uh, a usable skill set with them to America? Some of them, they come with trade. Some of them, they have education. They have a degree. But mostly we're uh, dealing with people, probably they don't have higher degrees, but they have some kind of trade like Carpenter, uh, uh, restaurant owner, food business, uh, uh, tile business, some, you know, some kind of trades they have. So we try to work on, with them to find a job in their field, if not any other work to get them started and make a living. All right. Now, these are not people who have been involved in things that we might have reservations about right because we look at that country we're at war over there for 20 years so who are these people do they really does somebody harbor a grudge against us are they dangerous so are they and how do we know who is who's vetting these people well our uh, american government is vetting the people you know our security companies so we need to trust their decisions on this on their vetting all right um do these folks, 
a thought about this because you're going to try to get them out there using their skill sets into our workforce. And we have a workforce, let's face it, Corrine, where you know, employers all over this country are saying, we need workers. We can't find workers. Do these folks who come here, do they have any anti-discrimination protection, like in areas like hiring? You know, if somebody were to refuse to hire me on certain grounds, I would have a case against them. Do these folks have any anti-discrimination protection? We haven't in Toledo witnessed anything or touched on anything. On the contrary, uh, they hired a lot of our uh, refugee population and they are calling us again. They have openings like they wanted to hire more people. So we haven't uh, experienced any of those issues here. In fact, Just I, you anticipated where I was going a little later on. How has Toledo and our era reacted and dealt with refugees and immigrants? And let me fold in this question, because let's face it, the whole immigration issue has become so politicized. And I'm sorry about that, but it is, folks. Are you seeing and feeling any of that, that pushback around here? No, actually, Toledo, uh, Toledo community has been great and helpful and open and willing to help. Uh, let's start from people in the community, uh, employers to the commissioner office, to everybody wanted to help and wanted to uh, support our uh, program. So I, I have not, nothing negative, honestly. You would think probably one case or You'd anything. You'd have to, yeah, there's enough people out there, immigrants, this and that. And, okay. Right, we haven't heard anything. Uh, people calling us, emailing us, offering their help, donations, even some of them offering their homes. Let me do this so, one on you, because somebody was, I overheard a conversation. I told this to you. One person said to the other, well, the Democrats want them to come here because then they vote and they vote for Democrats. Can these people, when they arrive here, can they start voting? They can vote when they arrive, but of course, when they become American citizens, then they can vote. But there is a process like, you know, green card first and then citizenship second. And then after they receive it, of course, they can vote. Yes. Okay, but they go through the process. In fact, we celebrate that. We always are telling, sending a camera out when Judge Zuhari or whatever, they're doing the naturalization ceremony and they raise their hand and they, they take the oath and say that they want to be citizens of the United States. Of course, with that, then would come voting rights. Okay, real quick, do we have a timetable? When can we expect some of the Afghan refugees here? Real quickly, please. Soon, soon. Well, soon. Before the holidays, uh, next, how 2022? Uh, probably, I would say within a few weeks now. We're uh, getting close. It's probably October, sometimes in October. That is getting close. All right, very mm -hmm. good. Uh, thank you for what you do and the entire organization at Us Together. Thank uh, you so helping much. Helping to resettle and then integrate refugees into our community. Uh, she is Corrine DeHaver. Us together. This is Leading Edge. We're back with our first council candidate profile next. Welcome back to Leading Edge. Good to have you along. We are kicking off our city council candidate profiles. As you know, a crowded field of 19 council candidates was narrowed to a dozen back in the September primary. And I think it'll just do us all good to put names with faces with issues as we approach November and kind of at random uh, in no particular order, except they're all in the field. I'm kicking off today with uh, Mac Driscoll. Who, you say? Well, that's the point and why we are doing these. McGregor Driscoll, who goes by Mac and who will appear on the ballot as Mac. Finished ninth in the primary with six to be elected. Mac, good to have you along. It's nice to meet you. You were kind of the distant guy, though. You were the guy back there, at least among 
endorsed Democrats, which you are. You've got to leapfrog three people to get a seat come November. How do you do that? Yep. So we, we finished ninth. Thanks for having me on, Jerry. Good to have you. Um, we mostly centered our campaign around knocking on doors and making phone calls. Um, we did well in the precincts that we did that. It's clear we've got to engage a little bit more. So we've got a direct mail piece coming out uh, fairly soon here that'll hit the doors. Uh, there's the party is starting to coalesce our efforts from a volunteer standpoint and um, campaign coordination. And uh, we will get out there with all the volunteers that the Lucas County Democratic Party can muster to get help get me and everyone else elected. Uh, we have a really good crew of endorsed Democrats this time around, not just the mayor, but also council people and our school board candidates. Um, there's, yeah. They'll make for solid representatives. So anything I can do to help them is uh, more than enough public service. They're, they're good candidates as well. Folks, I know you're wondering, who is Mac Driscoll? What do you do occupationally? I'm an urban planner. I work for the Downtown Toledo Development Corporation, Connect Toledo, and uh, we do economic development planning projects in downtown. Uh, obviously, we've had a lot of success the last couple of decades yeah. uh, reinvigorating our downtown, and I'm running to make sure we use those same strategies to redevelop our urban core. Okay, talk about neighborhoods like Vistula, Junction, East Toledo, uh, the Old West End. we got to make sure that those are on the same par and get the same kind of attention and investment as downtown. Uh, I, I want to come back to that, but what skills in your work as an urban planner would apply most directly in your job as a member of city council? As an urban planner, we're trained to uh, understand how good neighborhoods are built uh, from the infrastructure, like our roads and sidewalks and street trees, um, down to where we put parks and how they should be manicured and as well as uh, economic development tactics. So how do we encourage private sector investment in our neighborhoods. We've done a really good job of that in downtown. We've got to continue that out. But as somebody who understands uh, zoning law and zoning practice, economic development strategies and neighborhood development strategies, I think I'm well positioned uh, to represent citizens of Toledo uh, as we move forward. Two front burner issues and what you would do about them if on council. I'm hearing one here now with neighborhoods, but where, if I were to ask you, either for another one or your top two front burner issues and what you would do about them? Neighborhoods, for sure. Um, the, the next chapter in the story of the city of Toledo has to be about how we reinvest in our neighborhoods. Uh, it is truly the work of the next decade or so. And uh, we've got to make critical government investments to increase housing, restore our infrastructure, add basic amenities like parks and get our economy growing in these neighborhoods again. Uh, my second uh, issue would be obviously the uh, rising crime rate in the city of Toledo. Yeah. Um, it's important that we have the appropriate number of police on the street to deal with that and increases in police spending have been shown uh, to reduce the violent crime rate. But beyond that, uh, we've got to understand that uh, crime is a lagging indicator. So it doesn't happen in a vacuum. When poverty rises, when misery rises, um, you know, we, we start to see crime rise. And that's crime what happened. Yep. And that's what happened post COVID. And so I think a lot of the good that we can do as a city, especially with the American Rescue Plan money coming in, is address the issues that where, where crime has started. Right. And that's blight removal, getting people back to work, activities for our kids, access to good infrastructure and transportation. And I think that will go a long way in, in aiding and abetting. This is Mac Driscoll. He wants to sit on city council. Where are you from? I'm from Maumee. Uh, I was born at St. Vincent's Medical Center and uh, from Maumee, grew up in uh, Left for a couple of years, went to Cleveland State for graduate school. My wife and I are back in Toledo now. As you see, 
See, people talk about drain, brain drain and people go away. But I, I love the stories when they come back. And Mac Driscoll did. That's it for time. I wanted people to get to know you. He is Mac Driscoll. He would uh, covet your vote in the city council election in November. He is an endorsed Democrat. Good to be with you, sir. Thank you very much, Jerry. Nice to meet you, Mac. And I'll be right back. Hey, we're back on Leading Edge with another candidate for city council. There's one of our pro profiles in that 12-way race now for Toledo Council at-large seats, six to be elected. Someone who has to be feeling pretty good after the primary is the top vote getter in September, Katie Moline. You'll recall she was originally appointed to council, but then won the seat on her own in an election by trade. I know you are an accountant. Good to see you again. What skills from that job, Katie Moline, have best served you in your tenure on city council? Thank you for having me again, Jerry. This is always a pleasure. Um, yeah, so by background, I am a certified public accountant and I had the uh, pleasure of being uh, working in an audit firm for five years, but the skills that really translate the best is being able to provide oversight, being able to ask tough questions and being able to help steer the city when we're making difficult financial decisions. Um, as most people are aware, we have an influx of federal dollars that are coming in. And I think my knowledge and experience about both about budgets and accounting and finance will help us make sure that we spend that money smartly, uh, which is again why I help create an analysis that each dollar that we spend for this ARPA money or this federal um, federal millions of dollars that are coming in, um, that we have to make sure it's sustainable. We have to make sure it meets federal guidelines. It's accountable. There's return on investment, and that is completely transparent. Is that your front burner issue? Because I have a question that I'm asking all the candidates. Give me your two front burner issues, and what specifically. Will you do about them if, in your case, reelected? I would say making sure that we spend that ARPA dollars wisely over the next five years is one of the most important things that I will do as a city councilwoman. Uh, I, I hope to continue to be chair of finance and continue to use my experience and knowledge as a certified public accountant to ensure that we do spend those dollars wisely, that we're always in compliance and that we don't ever have to give any of that money back. I mean, this is a big undertaking for the city of Toledo to be able to decide how to use that money, use it effectively and make sure that it gets out to everybody in the best way possible and that we're always within compliance. Katie Moline, my guest, city council member who finished first in the September primary moves on now to November. Democrats, I know, don't much like one party rule down in Columbus. But Republicans will say, well, we live with one party rule up here in Toledo, with four of your party's council members facing federal charges of bribery that they took something in return for votes. And again, they have not been convicted of anything, folks. Why shouldn't voters look for some new partisan or just independent blood on council? That's a great question. You know, I, I think that there's so many issues that we face as council members that aren't a Democrat or Republican issue. You know, leave collection good roads, making sure we spend money wisely, aren't partisan issues. And so I like to believe that I bring to council that insight that, you know, we're looking to serve the Toledoans as best we can, and that it's not necessarily a political philosophical issue um, that we're dealing with in city council, but really having good government so city services and goods can be given to our citizens um, in the best way possible. Downtown Toledo has become a pretty amazing place. I think you'll agree. But then you don't have to go too far to end up in places that you don't want to end up in. Why isn't City Council doing something more to spread the improvements and the investments? So I think, again, with this 
influx of dollars, we are going to see a lot more opportunity to invest in areas outside of our downtown um, areas. I think that uh, we do have some wonderful neighborhoods and I've, and I've recognized that not just from being a lifelong Toledoan, but when you go door to door, you know, during a campaign season, you really find these gems in Toledo. And we wanna ensure that the neighborhoods that are safe and strong continue to be that way, but that we also continue to invest and really put some hard work and, and support into neighborhoods that need a boost. And again, I think with these dollars, we're gonna see more investments and recreational opportunities and so forth that help make our uh, neighborhoods strong. So have you had any um, had any fun, maybe just a little friendly jab now and then to your colleague uh, and a friend of our show, Nick Comive? So like, Nick, I got more votes than you did. <laughs> no, you know, we're, we're colleagues and we always have to, you know, we work together because we want to get good things done. But yeah. I have to say coming in first definitely was a was a pleasant surprise. And I appreciate all the pseudo voters that took you know, my message seriously enough yeah. to um, give me that support again. It puts you in a very good position. Come November, we'll be following. She is Katie Moline, member of Toledo City Council as we continue our City Council candidate profiles. Best to you. We'll talk again. Yep. And remember, early vote starts October 5th. So on Tuesday, you can good, start voting. Good so, heads up, Katie Moline. Thank, thank you so much, Terry. Folks, thank you so very much for being with us. As always, we appreciate the fact you were there. We'll see you next week on Leading Edge. Hey.